Hello, and uh, welcome to another episode of Pro Tip Conversations. Chris and I are excited to welcome today's guest. Uh, if you follow cricket, you know that one of the most exciting scenes is when you see a tearaway quick bowling thunderbolts at a batsman. There's something thrilling about seeing a batsman jump around, having to make split-second decisions, and if they make the wrong one, either get ball whizzing past their head or, unfortunately, sometimes take hits on the body. Uh, as someone who's had to face our next guest in real life, I can tell you that your nerves are on edge when he's steaming in nonchalantly and delivering those rockets. Uh, Jeremy Gordon is a Canadian cricketer who debuted for Canada in 2012. Uh, Jeremy is a fast bowler who routinely clocks over 140 kilometers per hour or 90 miles per hour for our American listeners, which is a rarity in Canadian circles. Uh, Jeremy has represented Guyana in the past prior to representing Canada. He's also the founder and head coach of the Gordon Pace Academy, where he's making an impact on the next generation of fast bowlers and cricketers. If you'd like to work with Jeremy, check out his profile on protip.app, as well as his Instagram at the Gordon Pace Academy. We'll put all the links in the description. And as always, if you like th this episode, please like and subscribe and share, as that will allow the channel to grow and allow us to keep bringing on more awesome guests. So without fur further ado, Jeremy, welcome to Pro Tip Conversations. Uh, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. Awesome. Yeah. So let's get started with, you know, tell us a bit about your history and how you got started in cricket. Um, basically, my mom, my mom got me into cricket. So I was this young and energetic child, um, <laughs> always breaking stuff, doing, you know, <laughs> getting myself into like just trouble around the house. And she wanted to find a way for me to utilize that extra energy. Um, where I grew up in Guyana, um, my manager, uh, he basically had a system where it was not just cricket, it was discipline as well. So like every afternoon, kids will be passing by my house. They were like dressed very neatly, uh, shirt tucked into their pants and stuff like that. And my mom at that time was raising like seven children alone. So she figured it would be a good way uh, for me to get a bit of discipline and also, you know, get away for me to uh, utilize the excess energy. Um, and to be honest, the rest was history. So I started playing. I had no like... Um, prior interest in the game but i kind of learned on the spot um and i transitioned i started playing when i was 12 and then the next year i basically represent well sorry two years after that i represented guyana under 15 and i think the rest was kind of history because i played under 15 then under 19 then senior for guyana before moving to canada so, so you made your debut for guyana in 2007 is that correct uh, yes yeah, senior yes for the, 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 Sen the, first for the class, senior first team class. Yes, yes. Nice. Then what made you, I guess, decide to uh, move to Canada after that? Uh, my my dad lived here for a, a long time, so he sponsored myself and my sister to move here. It was a tough decision. I didn't didn't want to come because I was playing, obviously, back home and I was doing pretty good. Right. Um, but my family thought at the time it was the, the, the right choice. So cool. I came, yeah. Can you, can you tell us a bit about, you know, the, I guess, the differences in the cricket culture between Guyana and Canada, uh, you know, what, what are some of the differences that you've noticed, you know, playing competitively in Guyana versus in Canada? Uh, the structure for sure. Like the, um, from administrative perspective and then um, even like the grassroots level and then like emphasis in like discipline and, and training, like physical fitness and not just even physical fitness, like mental fitness and stuff like that. Like it's massive. Like, so from again, the age of like, 
14, 15, like, you know, you, it was ingrained in, ingrained in terms of like um, the work ethic, um, being disciplined, public speaking. So it was like a whole process. You had to go to like public speaking, discipline, even nutrition. And then when you're playing cricket, you only focus on cricket as opposed to here. Like in some cases, you're playing cricket and also you're doing yeah, administrative job. stuff, uh, you know, a full-time job and doing stuff on the side as well. Yeah. Um, you know, so uh, back home, you just, you're playing cricket seven days a week. That's it. Right. And you're training and stuff like that. Culture a little bit different here. And, and also like on the weekend, I think this is probably important. So on the weekend when you play, uh, it wasn't like after the game, we're having drinks. So like back home, that was not the case. Like that's the culture here. Like after the game, you have a couple of drinks with the boys, which is not necessarily a bad thing. But back home is like you finish playing, you socialize just a bit, but then you go back to training for the next game or next tournament, stuff like that. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. And then um, were you, I guess you mentioned cricket. Were you active yeah. in any other sports growing up? Uh, yes. Yes, I was. Yeah. Um, I was a sprinter. I was I think had I not playing cricket, I think I feel like I would have been competing with Usain Bolt. I was like the fastest uh, sprinter um, in you know in my in my town, my village, my city, you know. Right. But then I got into cricket and I, I kind of stopped sprinting. And also, I played soccer and I played basketball. I wasn't like as good as a soccer player and basketball player as I am cricketer, but I did dabble a bit. Nice. Okay. Um, and then who who was your sporting hero growing up? Um. A Courtney at well to Courtney Walsh and Courtney Ambrose. I I kind of kind of like well that pair was devastating for batsmen mm-hmm. around the world at that time, and I yeah. looked up to them. and And if people study or look at my bowling action, yeah. it's a combination of both of them. So I couldn't decide right. which one to emulate. So I, I just combined <laughs> both of them into one. So yeah, yeah, you have that open chested action as well, yeah. the high arm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. quite scary to face. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I guess you know switching gears a bit, and I think Chris will go into your you know your philosophies on the coaching side. So okay. we'll talk yeah, a bit about so that. Yeah, I mean, we see that you've been a player for a long time, and now you're coaching mm-hmm. as well. I was kind of yes. wondering what do you think um, from both perspectives makes a really good coach. Yeah, um, I think knowledge, uh, a clear communicator, uh, yeah. being very patient. So patience is is key. I mean. <laughs> From a player yeah. perspective, um, uh-huh. coaches had to have been very patient with me <laughs> because sometimes they'll communicate stuff to me. And then for me now to like, you know, uh, follow or, or take that instruction, sometimes I kind of like doing things my own way. So now um, right. now coaching, as an example, I coached the uh, Toronto University cricket team, apart from my academy. So I've played in like four tournaments so far. We won one out of three. And I have like clear plans and stuff like that. Like we have like team meetings, but then like watching the guys execute, like some, I'm actually nervous because someone's like, I'll, I'll be like, this is the plan. Can you execute? But then it's a difference. I can have all the plans. I am not out there. Like I'm not playing. Right. It's, it's for the player to now execute. So yeah. it takes a lot of patience and trust. And I've learned to uh, trust the process. And not the, and not look for the end results because if you focus on the results, sometimes you, you, you things get missed in in, in 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 along the way. So I think the best coaches they focus more on the process as opposed yeah. to the end result. Have uh, Have you gotten any? Yeah, sorry, Chris. I was just going to ask. Yeah. Since you're still playing and now you're yeah. coaching as well, have you gotten I guess any insights into now what your coaches might be thinking 
when they're working oh, with you. Or... <laughs> a thousand percent. Yeah. Like for instance, um, as an example, because right now I'm working with Pupudu, and I think he's probably right. one of the best coaches I've worked with. He's all about the process, and he likes to tell me like, "Jeremy, keep it simple, keep it simple." But for me, I'm like, "Why keep it simple when I could create impact just being my authentic self?" But then what I've learned, like by keeping it simple, I can still be authentic. And I can still create impact by, by keeping it simple because now it's more of a patience game as opposed to like me. Uh, obviously, it's situational, right? So like for the most part, you keep it simple, but there, there are going to be situations where you have to obviously go think outside the box. But if you if you keep it simple as possible, follow the, the process, you're more than likely to succeed, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and just just to add color for the listeners who might not know, uh, Pubudu Desanayake is a former Sri Lankan Test player. He represented Canada after moving here, and then has transitioned into Canadian coaching. Then has coached the USA cricket team, Nepal cricket team, and he's back coaching the Canadian cricket team right now on their journey to try to reclaim ODI status. So yeah, he's a Canadian and international cricket legend um, who we're lucky to have here. Uh, yeah. yeah, we are, we are. So in addition to him, um, have you had other coaches who have been big influences on you? Um, that I've worked with or that I've like, coached myself, if that makes sense? Like as a player? Uh, as, 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 about <clears throat> your coaches, the coaches you've worked with in the past. Um, uh, Gus Logie was also pretty good. So what Gus Logie yeah. did for me, and, and to this day I still use it, a, vis- a visualization. So for me, um, I work in IT and I'm, I'm also yeah. an Aquarius. So I'm a I'm an overthinker just by general nature. So I'm okay. always overthinking. Yeah. So what Gus was able to do for me is is to help me to keep it simple, and to and also to visualize what I'm going to do. So like let's say like the my pregame ritual is visualizing what I'm what I'm in looking to do the in in the matches right. So. So yeah. for me, I think that's key as well. So like visualization and then intentional or grounding type meditation and stuff like that. So that's that was like kind of his philosophy. The yeah. more relaxed you are and, and if you're able to visualize and kind of see yourself doing well um, from a mental perspective, it's easier from a physical perspective. That makes sense. Is that something you bring into yourself as a coach? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Yeah. I do. Yes. Because yeah. th- it, it, for me, work wonders, and I didn't think it would have. So for me, I right. feel like it's something I can obviously bring bring forward as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and if you have any sort of, I mean, maybe I've actually just spoken to that, but do you have any like really great piece of advice you've received from a coach that's kind of stuck with you? Uh, well, again, just keeping it simple, to be honest, because like, um, again, yeah. being an Aquarius, we tend to complicate things. <laughs> okay, yeah. So just just, yeah, just kind of, you know, keeping it simple, I think it's paid dividend, like a lot of dividend for myself, yeah. as opposed to, again, like looking to create things, because in some scenarios, you don't need to do much, but like, I have the personality something that where I feel like I need to do more and more, like I end up, you know, overdoing. So again, yeah, keeping right. it simple, to me, it's just the best approach. So uh, kind of, I guess in that, so when you prepare for a game, how do you how do you go about doing that and, and like keeping it simple yeah. while getting ready to compete at a high level? Yeah. So the the visualization again, as I mentioned, and then meditations. Yeah. I do lots of medita- grounding meditation, even even before, even like even during the game as well too. Yeah. I I, I, I ground myself a lot. So I don't think people realize that, but like I ground myself a lot because I am a high energy person. Like I have a lot of energy, so. And and it, it could could get a, a bit chaotic. So by grounding myself, it allows me to stay in the moment. So I'm, it can easily react to things as opposed to coming with my preconceived notions and preconceived yeah. plans. It's kind of you know yeah. 
So you're able to kind of notice in yourself when you're you're yes. getting the high energy and just kind of like bring it yes. back down. Like, yeah, bring it down. Yeah. Yes, yeah, that's good. And uh, is your training like significantly different when you're preparing or playing, competing versus kind of the off season? Um, is generally the same unless I'm injured. If I'm okay. injured, then I, I modify it based on the injury. Yeah. But it's generally have, the same, to be honest. Have you dealt with a bunch of injuries? Oh yeah. T tons yeah. of injuries. <laughs> um, my most recent injury, um, I pulled my perineal nerve. Is this nerve that runs at the back of like the back of your knees, along like from based from your lower back, all yeah. down to your ankle? So I kind of pulled that nerve. I was pretty much out for like a good year. Wow, um, okay. Like I, I had trouble. I couldn't do this with my ankles. I couldn't, you know, move up and down. I think it's a wow. dorsiflexion. I couldn't do this, yeah. right? So. That was that was pretty rough because it, was, it wasn't a muscle. To me, muscle injuries are easier because you can yeah. kind of like work them back into like working back into, into submission. But with right. the nerve, you got to be patient. So like that taught me even more patience. Like I just got to right. be patient with my body, trust the process, and you know, yeah, yeah. And again, and for the non-cricket listeners, fast bowling is like the most injury-prone uh, yes. skill, I guess, if in cricket, just because. Again, you're you're run you're steaming in, and you're there's an amount of force that goes through your body when you're trying to deliver a ball at 140 kilometers an hour. Uh, it, I think they said something like it's like 10 or 15 times your body weight or something like that yep. that goes through your yep. front front leg, the braced oh, wow. leg, right? Yeah. So, um, yes. yeah, it can be quite uh, quite demanding on your body. Um, yeah. But I think as sports science has gotten better, they've they've gotten better at keeping fast bowlers on the field in the yeah. 90s and 2000s you'd see every six months the uh, guys would you know be on the surgeon's table with some sort I of agree. stress factor or the other yeah how, how do you find that balance then to like train to be really great fast bowler but not train so much that you're like you're saying struggling yeah. with the injuries Honestly, it, it, it really comes down to listening to listening to your body. So I listen to my body. So if my body tells me I can go a bit more, I do. My yeah. body's like, stop. <laughs> I, like, I stop. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's probably something you developed over time with yeah. experience. Yes, 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 yeah. yes. yes. Yeah. I was going to ask that. Yeah. Was, did that maturity come with like just having gone through the cycles, right? Um, mm -hmm. Yes, it yeah. definitely has. Definitely I remember has. seeing Jeremy in like early 2010s when he first came yeah. in the Toronto uh, cricket uh, circles where he was, it was like, it was entertainment. You just come in and watch him go. Yeah. But then, you know, as I've seen him now, there's a lot more control in his yeah. aggression. Back then it was balls flying, you know, <laughs> by my head, by everywhere. But then now it's like, he knows exactly what he wants to do when he's out there. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so when you're healthy and you're competing, uh, how do you know when you're kind of game ready? Or what do you do to get? Um, well, you mentioned the meditating, but how do you know when your body's like ready to go? Well, well, for me, it depends on if I'm if I have a niggle, too, right? If I if well, well, I think as a cricketer, we all played niggles. It depends on yeah. how bad a niggle, the niggle or injury is, right? Yeah. If it's not something severe, I'm always ready. If that makes sense, like because I'm I'm yeah. always training. I'm always like an, I I train four or five times per week. So like so I'm I'm always like game shape. But the niggle yeah. is what determine whether or not I'm ready. If that makes sense. Is that always some little thing? There's always some little thing that's bothering you. Always some little thing. To be honest, I don't. I cannot remember ever not playing with some some sort <laughs> yeah. of nickel. So. Yeah, that's kind of. I and think it's like reality. when I was like 14. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Playing at a high level, right? Is yeah, you're you're yeah. you're pushing your body to the limit. So there is that. Yes. Um, yeah. 
And then, uh, so I guess more back on the sort of psychology side of it. Um, when you're playing, do you have anything you do or do you get like butterflies or anxiety? And do you have any ways you manage that? I definitely, definitely have butterflies. Um, yeah. And it really comes back to like keeping it simple and staying in the moment. So yes, yeah. Logi told me about that, but then also you, Rod Singh, I played with him 2019 at GD20. He also reinforced and reinstilled that approach. He basically says, um, remember why you start playing in the first place and try to visualize yourself playing with your friends in your backyard. And, okay, yeah. and just kind of, so you, so you kind of remember that feeling and you forget about the cameras, you forget about like the, the competition. And then now you, and also you're now trusting your skill. Like what do you, what do you do best? You right. focus on that and just do that. So you take away the name, take away the camera, take away, let's say everything, the crowd even, yeah. and focus on just the wicked. And, and the, so the wicked, I mean the wicked and the batsman, yeah. not the bad, the person's name or, or stats or, you know, is more mm -hmm. about like whoever's in front of me. And I yeah. think that that help, helps me a lot. That's kind of smart. Yeah, you break it down to you're just playing cricket, right? Yes, yes. I think that might be easier as a fast bowler because I, I don't know, when I'm facing 140 kilometers <laughs> per hour, I'm thinking more more than just about the wickets and, the, you know, <laughs> playing the ball straight. It's more, it's like, all right, let's not get injured here. Well, <laughs> <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> uh, do you have uh, an experience that you can share with us where you had just kind of like a really bad or tough sports performance yeah. and maybe what what you learned from that uh, this again gt20 so my first year playing gt20 this is like a professional tournament in canada um it hasn't yeah. happened in the last couple of years but it started in 2018 so my first match was against steve smith and he's like one of the world's best batsmen so um my first overall my only over in the match it went for about actually no my first over went for about 20 and he kind of dictated where to, so I was bowling to him and 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 I was like more focusing on his caliber and, and and you know his stats and whatnot. So I was bowling into his zones, his his hitting zones, and he kept hitting me off. So um, to me, I didn't back my best ball. So my best ball is 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 my my yawkers. So my my yawkers, I, I I can close my eyes and bowl my yawkers, but I didn't bowl not even one. So what I learned, and again, fast forward to the, the next year when I was having a conversation with Yuvrat Singh, he's like, no, like in any scenario, you back your best ball. In, 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 a, in a state like that, you back, you back your best, you back your skill as opposed yeah. to the person's name. So you, you just back your skill. That's interesting. Yeah. <clears throat> and um, what do you think is the toughest part about being a competitive cricket player? Uh, just being able to perform at a high level for a long period and and keep that intensity over a long time. I think that is the hardest part because sometimes it's easy for you to break into a team, but for you yeah. to maintain or even like even just the like longevity of it, right? To maintain that, I think is the hardest part. That's yeah. where fitness, uh, diet, and, and discipline comes in, right? Right. Yeah, I guess right. It's like yeah. physical, it's mental, like you're saying, yes. it's diet. Yes. And we noticed on Instagram that you're you're a vegan athlete. Uh, yes, have yes. you always been a, a vegan? I'm not always. I, I transitioned 12, sorry, um, almost um, over a decade. So tw 2012 oh. is when I transitioned. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's been quite a, quite a while now. Yeah. Is that, is that difficult to, to maintain when you're traveling for competitions and, and that kind of stuff? Honestly, the only time I've had a problem was recently in Malaysia. Okay. So I've subconsciously had meat. Not it was yeah. not intentional. <laughs> it was yeah. also, so I should say, I just, sorry, I should say unintentionally, not subconsciously, unintentionally yeah. had meat. Right. So no, there were there were cases where, I mean, cases there were cases where like I ordered let's say uh, a vegan let's say mushroom soup, 
but then the chick but the broth was chicken broth broth. yeah yeah so like stuff like that right um so otherwise like i i have a i don't have issues because like i can have like south asian cuisine like i actually enjoy south asian or indian cuisine because a lot of like vegetarian vegan options right um or i can like most restaurants now like you know they they, they cater to to vegans right so Yeah. yeah Yeah, it's it's tricky because I've had that. I'm I'm vegetarian myself, and I've had that issue where you'll order like a curry, and then it's like, oh, the broth is you know, uh, yes. there's fish sauce in the in the broth yeah. or something along those lines. Yeah, or yeah, in yeah. some parts of the world, they'll consider fish as vegetarian, yeah. which yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, which it doesn't. Yeah, it's always confusing, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then so there's a conception or like maybe a misconception that um, like a vegan diet maybe doesn't give you all the proteins you need. Yeah. Like, how do you? Like, do you find that's a case or how do you kind of deal with I don't, that? I don't find that as a case because I did like tons and tons and tons of research. So yeah. um, for me, it's like beans, beans, mushrooms, the different nuts and, and lagoons. Um, yeah. Also, I, I supplement with like protein, protein supplements. Protein right. supplements are actually pretty recent. Like I wasn't even using protein supplement up until last year. And I found more benefit, like obviously like, you know, plant-based vegan protein. And mm-hmm. I found a lot more benefit with that, especially when it comes to recovery. Yeah. So like during the game, like my, my regular diet works fine, but I think recovery perspective, I found that the the uh, vegan protein helps me with that. Like after yeah. the game. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Because also I'm I'm 36 now, so I kind of need to need <laughs> Not in the 20s anymore. So. <laughs> That's true. And you mentioned this a little bit earlier, but you were saying that now, like as a Canadian cricket cricketer, you also have like a job and a career. Yes. Um, yes. So how do you how do you balance your sort of cricket life with your your professional obligations? Honestly, it's tough. I'm not gonna lie, but I'm grateful. Um, with Scotiabank, I work with Scotiabank. Shout out Scotiabank. <laughs> um, we're able to like there's a um, there's a good work life balance that we have. So it's it's like you know you work and, and and also you have a life as well. So you're not super consumed with um you know at work and you don't have a life outside of work. Um, so all my vacation goes in, goes into, um, goes into cricket. playing cricket. I guess the benefit of things going remote a bit more, right? Like it's, yes, uh, yeah, yes. it, it must've been even tougher, you know, earlier in the 2000, you know, yes. 2010s where yes, that wasn't was. as available. Yeah. yeah, it was. Um, I know, I know, uh, you and the Canadian team are preparing for the upcoming tour. Uh, mm-hmm. where are you guys headed, uh, next? Uh, Sri Lanka first uh, yeah. for a pre pre tour, and then Namibia for the World Cup qualifiers. Got it. And how's the how's the preparation going for that? It's pretty good. So like we're at Yashi um, two days a week, so Mondays and Thursdays, and that's cricket's uh, specific skill and whatnot. And then fitness perspective, Wednesdays and Sundays. So we're Got with um, I forgot the guy's name is an ex um, uh, NFL uh, football player. Um, he's like our um, strength and conditioning trainer um okay. so we spend quite a bit of time with him and just to make sure we're, we're strong and strong enough and ready for the tournament and i think we we do have um some mental sessions i think that's going to be scheduled to have some you know some mental training and stuff like that because it's a critical tour for us we haven't had odi uh for yeah almost a decade or, or almost a decade now right so um i think everyone's focused and, and looking forward to um getting us back there because i think that's where um, we need to be i think we have the caliber players to succeed at that level so got it that's awesome yeah well best of luck to you and the team yeah, for you. that for sure uh, yeah, we'll you. all be cheering on from here <laughs> yeah, thank um you. Thank you. 
I, we're coming into the last few questions before we jump into the rapid fire. Uh, but I wanted to ask you, you know, what would you, what advice would you give someone uh, who's hoping to make a career in cricket in North America? Um, prioritize winter training. So like when winter comes around, don't, don't, don't relax. Like I think when I first came to Canada, um, I remember I was probably like 120 pounds on my, on my first, so before my first winter, after mm-hmm. my first winter, I think I, I jumped like 200 pounds. So oh, like, wow. so come winter time, prioritize training, prioritize fitness. Um, and just in terms of like yourself, keep working on your game, keep innovating. Cause like, um, I've played with you and you say like, you know, like after a while you play with someone, you kind of know what they're doing. So you got to keep innovating, keep getting better because the more you play or you play with the same, same set of guys, they'll learn what you're doing. And then you you won't be as, let's say you're effective this year, may not be effective come next year. So, yeah. How, what, how have you, you know, kept adding new things to your game that way? Um, So for me, what what played when I came, so like I was, um, I would say like the Mitchell Johnson. I was an enforcer back home. All I did, right. or like, or like um, uh, Sean Tate, as an example. Right. All I did was bowl right. fast and like right. scare batsmen back home. Right. But then when I moved to Canada, the conditions were not conducive. So right. over over the years, I learned to swing the ball, uh, learned mm-hmm. to like get into batsmen's head. Like for instance, I'll bowl an entire game without bowling a short ball. Everyone expects right. a short ball from me. I can like bowl the entire game without a short ball. Or I can come right. the next day and bowl seven short balls or six short right. balls. Right? So it's, it's more about like assessing situation as quickly as possible and understanding my opponents as well too. Um, and just adapting, adapting. Because like in Canada, the good thing about Canada, I think you play in all conditions here, depending on the time. So like in early up in the season, you got English conditions. When when it gets right. as it as it gets hotter, you're playing like Caribbean slash Indian or Asian conditions. Yeah, it's a bit flatter. Yeah. yeah, and then and then as you as you transition more into the fall, you're playing again in the English conditions. So right. I think that actually helped me a lot too, realizing like okay, different condition. I need to try. I need to actually adapt to the different conditions and different surfaces. Cool. And then, uh, what would you say was like a tour that you went on uh, that really changed your perspective on cricket around the world? Um, Sri Lanka. Okay. So, um, and it's not even like a cricket thing in general. So it's like a life thing. So like before going to Sri Lanka, I thought it was like a country, but it's, it's an island. Like it's a beautiful island. So like when I went there, I saw the beaches. I was, I was, I was quite amazed. Some of the beaches are probably more beautiful than the beaches in the Caribbean. So mm-hmm. I was, I was quite amazed by that. And then the culture. So yeah, like that legit changed my whole perspective on life, World to be League. honest. Um, and then from a cricketing perspective, I think, um, playing in Dubai. So like, um, for some reason, Dubai tends to bring the best out of me. I don't know how or why, but something about playing in Dubai, like playing in Abu Dhabi, especially Abu Dhabi stadium. Mm -hmm. I think I've had some of my, my better performances for Canada in, 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 in Dubai, well, sorry, in Abu Dhabi, in UAE. So something about, I guess, think the environment maybe, cause, um, it just kind of brings the best out of me. I don't know why. Awesome. To be honest, I haven't figured it out yet. <laughs> awesome. And then, uh, I guess, what is your pro tip for, yeah. um, you know, aspiring cricketers? Yeah. Uh, like I said before, like keep adding to your game, keep um, keep innovating, keep innovating. And the, with the way cricket's going, um, if you're a batsman, try to bowl. If you're a bowler, try to bat, and also try to feel. Like just keep adding things, continues to your game. Like, keep, uh, keep sorry, keep adding more tools to your toolkit. That's my advice. Okay. Awesome. 
Uh, all right, we'll jump into the rapid fire now. Um, no wrong, wrong answers. Um, okay. So yeah, we'll, we'll okay. get started. Fav- favorite cricketer? Uh, right now, Jeffrey Archer. Right now, okay. And all time? Uh, all time, Brian Lara. Nice. Um, well, I think maybe this one, This one, uh, I know the answer to, but if you had to give up batting or bowling, uh, you know, which which would you give up? <laughs> batting. Batting. <laughs> <laughs> um, Okay, I have one more, uh, which I'm going to kind of throw a curveball here. So you've played four-day cricket as well as T20 and 50 overs, right? Uh, if you have to pick one format, which one would you want to bowl in all the time? I mean, if, if we're going based on like like right now or like in the past. Uh, right, now, right now, I'll pick, yeah. I'll pick T20 sure. because <laughs> I, don't think I, I, I don't think I want to bowl 18, 20 overs yeah. per day. But when I was younger... I, I'm actually, I, I am honest, in honest speaking, I'm actually, my bowling is more suited for the longer format as opposed to like the shorter format. Makes but, sense. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, favorite pregame song? Oh, there's so many. Um, right now it's, uh, it's called the King's Affirmation. Okay. It's just like it's affirming, affirming who you are. Yeah. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, favorite uh, cricket equipment brand? Um, Adidas. Favorite drill or exercise? Um, I call it the Spider-Man push-up. I invented it. It's, it's like, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's... <laughs> nice. And then the least favorite drill or exercise? Um, deadlifts or squatting. I don't. I don't like. I don't like that. <laughs> you don't no. like those? No. Okay. And then maybe you already answered this, but uh, your favorite location to tour or which you'd like to tour. Uh, for cricket purposes. Yeah, um, Abu Dhabi, Dubai. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, that that's all we have in terms of questions, Jeremy. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, it was very insightful, and it's been awesome seeing seeing you progress. And best of luck to Canada in on the this journey to try to reclaim the ODI status. Um, it'll be awesome if you guys get it done. Well, thank you very much. Much appreciated, man. Thank you for having me on the show. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you.